0: Well, we're still in the book of Ephesians tonight, and um, <clears throat> we're in chapter 3. I'm going to start in chapter 3 tonight. Uh, we're going to go through verses 1 through 13, God willing. And in this part of chapter, uh, um, in, in the book of Ephesians, we're going to talk about uh, tonight the mystery revealed, And uh, because it's, it's, it's what it is. It's really, it's a mystery. It was a mystery for a long, for, for, many, for many years, uh, the, the plan of salvation was a mystery, it really was. But at the, from the foundation of the world up until the crucifixion of Christ and his ascension into the heaven, it was a mystery. And then all of a sudden, after Christ was ascended into heaven, he gave this mystery to the disciples and to the apostles. And, and the apostle Paul was, was really the one who, uh, uh, who, who took that outside of the Jewish nation, outside of the nation of Israel, and took it to people like us. The dogs outside of, of Israel, we were referred to as dogs. So tonight, if you find your place in Ephesians chapter 3, let's read verses 1, th- 1 through 13, please. And if you would, please stand with me. When you find your place, just please stand. The Bible says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if ye have heard the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, word." how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as i wrote afore in few words whereby when ye read ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of christ which is in other ages which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the spirit that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power, unto me who am less than the least of all saints. In this grace given, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see that in the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which He purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of Him. Wherefore, I desire that ye faint not at my tribulation for you, which is your glory. Let us pray. Father, we thank you once again, Lord, for this opportunity, for the privilege of being able to look into your Word. Father, we ask tonight that you would speak to us in a special way. Give us what we need to hear from heaven, Lord, and help our hearts to be open and receptive. And may the Holy Spirit, Lord, have preeminence in each life. Pray, Lord, that you'd bind up Satan and his evil demons, Father, and keep them outside the doors of our church tonight. That we may focus on your word, and we would give you the praise and the glory for all things. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. In the, in the last half of the, of the second chapter, Paul expounded on how the Gentiles became fellow heirs, how we became fellow heirs with the, the nation of Israel, and we are now part of the promise that God gave to the children of Israel. Um, isn't that a wonderful thing, to be adopted into the family of God and to know without a doubt Without a doubt, we should have no doubt whatsoever the moment we accept Jesus Christ and we get that indwelling of the Spirit of God there 's no doubt whatsoever that you 're saved, and nothing can ever take that away from us. We are adopted into that family of God, and nothing in this world can ever take that away from us and Paul expounded a lot on that in Ephesians chapter two verses eleven through twenty two uh, in which those who once were afar off, which was us, the Gentiles. Um, and and are now made near by the blood of Christ in Ephesians 2, 13. Thank God for the blood of Christ. We will never look down on the blood of Christ uh, at Abundant Life Baptist Church because that's that blood that gives us that salvation. God himself, the Father said, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And without that blood that Jesus shed, shed, we would have no forgiveness whatsoever before our Heavenly Father. Thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. We should get excited when we think about the blood of Christ because it's that blood that purifies us and makes us white before our Heavenly Father. As a result of the work of Christ on the cross, Gentiles can now become one body with the Jewish nation in Christ. You find that in Ephesians 2, 14 through 18. And therefore can be fellow citizens with the saints. We're citizens of heaven. Right now, we are actually considered a citizen of heaven. You know, we often talk about where I'm an American, I'm a citizen here on this earth. And we have to be that right now. And thank God we're in America instead of in one of these countries over there right now. Our nation's a mess. There's no doubt about that. But you know what? <laughs> this, this world's not our home. Like that old song goes, this world's not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Thank God for that. That, you know, whatever I leave behind on this earth, it's, it's going to be nothing someday. Uh, we're also members of the household of God in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19b. And also a holy temple in the Lord, a habitation of God in the Spirit. Sometimes we forget the fact that we're spirits because the Holy Spirit lives within us. We're the temple of God. We are the the ones who make up the body of Christ, the church. And it's important that we make sure that we keep these bodies pure. We keep them purified. And the only way to do that is to stay in the Word of God and on our knees before an, an almighty God. And when we do sin... We ask God for forgiveness, and he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And when we compare Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1 to Ephesians 3, 14, it becomes even more clear in, in verse 1 that Paul, at this point, he kind of takes a pause. He, gets, he has a little interruption right there, uh, beginning, and if you look at verse 1, he says, For this cause I, Paul, and if you go down to verse 14, he says, For this cause so there's kind of a pause there. It's almost like he was getting ready to go into a prayer at the beginning of chapter one, in, in chapter three, in verse one, and then he pauses for a minute, and, and he and he starts thinking about something, and then his mind kind of kind of readjusts, and, and and as a result of that, when he says when 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 he says for this cause I Paul, and then he says the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. You see, Paul gave his life because God called him on the road to Damascus. Paul was willing to give his life as a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Do You ever look at yourself as a prisoner of Jesus Christ to the point where you're willing to give your life and with whatever it took to reach somebody with the gospel? You see, the responsibility of the church is to develop disciples. It's the people, it's the disciples within the church that are supposed to be going out and bringing the lost and leading them to the Lord and bringing them into the church where we disciple them and have them grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that's why we preach the Word of God. That's why we teach the Word of God. That's why we have Sunday school classes. And we don't have a lot of them right now, but Lord willing, we're going to have those here in the future uh, because we need them. We need Sunday school. Sunday school is important, folks. It really is. Um, But he goes on here, and and he says, But... uh, the mention of himself here when Paul talks, to him, talks about himself as being the prisoner of Jesus Christ for, for you Gentiles, it prompts Paul to, to have an interruption there talking about himself. And he wants to share with people that he's the prisoner of Jesus Christ because of the Gentiles. You see, God didn't call Paul to go to the Jews. He called him to go beyond the Jewish nation, the nation of Israel, and take the word of God further out to, to us to those of us who are non-Jewish people. And thank God that for that day that he did that. But for uh, Paul considers that all he endured for the sake of the Gentiles, including the imprisonment, he looked at that as a reward for himself to be worthy to suffer for the cause of Christ for us Gentiles. And that was important to Paul. And when we have an opportunity, even if it's for suffering for the Lord, we should praise God for that opportunity. And, and, it's, and it's not always a pretty sight. It's not always a pretty sight, but thank God we live in America because we're still still at liberty here in in America to be able to gather and to worship God. Um, And I I think we better be thanking God more and more for that. But Paul looked at himself in verse 8 there as he says, Who am less than the least of all the saints? He looked down on himself a lot of times because of what he did prior to when he got saved. Paul was a murderer. He was. He was a murderer. And you know what? If God can save a murderer from the life that Paul had... And changed his life so much that he went out and he wretched those that he was trying to destroy. And, and, he, and, and those that followed after Christ, he wanted to kill them. And he thought he was doing God a favor by doing so. And, 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 and we need to understand that when God calls us, even you know, though you may never live the life of, of, uh, filled with the sins that Paul could... You may not have been a murderer. You may not have been a drunkard. You may not have committed a whole bunch of sins in your life. But thank God he saved you from that, that you didn't have to go through that kind of a lifestyle. So, so what was the gift of the grace that God that that Paul was talking about here? The gift of grace of God that Paul was given? It pertains to the revelation of the mystery that for ages had been hid from mankind. Nobody knew what that mystery was. There was that mystery that was just nobody knew about salvation. And it was hid. And it was hid for a purpose but was now being revealed through the apostles and prophets, including Paul. Paul was considered an apostle because he came face to face with Jesus Christ. But, but in tonight's message, we'll, we want to examine some of Paul's... Uh, the, I want to talk a little bit about this interruption that Paul went through because he kind of interrupted himself when he said, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you apostles, he says, if you have heard of the dispensation of grace. You see, there's different dispensations in time. I believe that. As a matter of fact, if you go in my office back here, I can show you on the wall where my dad drew a picture of the disp- dispensation of time from the cross all the way up to the uh, to, to to the millennial reign of Christ. My dad drew a picture of that. And A lot of pastors have done that. He had something he had to do when he was in Bible school, and he I, I actually got a copy of that in my office in a frame where my dad drew all this thing with, with, I think he used colored pencils or something. But he, that was a task he had when he was in Bible school that he had to put this together about the dispensational times that people live in. And of course, back in the time of Adam and Eve, that was considered the time of innocence because at that time and that point, that was a dispensation of innocence because they did not understand what sin was until they sinned, until they ate of that, 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 that fruit that they were told not to eat of. Where they would, when they ate of that, when Eve ate of that, and she she craved that, uh, when she stood there and stared at it, which shows you that when you look at something you're not supposed to, folks, you're gonna you're gonna crave it, you're gonna want that thing. So you have got to avoid certain things as Christians. Kind of stay away from that kind of stuff if you can at all. Uh, but but that was the dispensation of innocence, and now right now we're under the dispensation of grace, and thank God that we were we were born in this period in this age under grace. We're under grace right now. And there's different dispensations at time. That's a totally different study that we can get into someday maybe. But uh, so tonight I want to talk a little bit about that. So what is the mystery uh, that had been hidden all these years and how was it being revealed? And our second question of how uh, kind of will come last, but the first question is what we want to look at first, the mystery. And uh, we've talked a lot about this since we've been in the book of, of Ephesians because there's a lot of stuff in this. And there's so much to the mystery of Christ, the mystery about the Son of God coming into this world, taking on himself flesh, being incarnated into, into, into human flesh. Um, so the mystery revealed by the grace of God, this, this mystery was made known to Paul in Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verse 2a, if we we'll look at that. Uh, Chapter 3, verse 2, the first part, it says, If ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you. In other words, God opened my eyes, and through His Holy Spirit, He was able to give me the understanding of this mystery that I'm trying to share with you. Paul, in turn, uh, made known this mystery through his writings. If you look at Ephesians 3b, um, chapter 3 and verse 3. Be. I read the wrong verse here. How about that revel- verse 3 there. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote a four and few words. In other words, I put this mystery down in writing and he wrote it to the different churches and he wrote it to the, the, the church here in Ephesus. He says whereby when ye read in verse 4 ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. He had huge knowledge. Where did he get this knowledge from? It came from the Holy Spirit of God. You see, when we read the Word of God, we need to ask God through His Spirit to speak to our hearts. When you pick up the Word of God, you know, so many people think that you can't understand uh, the King James Version of the Bible because it's not written in our language, the language that we speak today. That's a bunch of bull. It's a bunch of bull. All you got to do is, you know, the word thou, you know what that means? It means (laughs) y'all. That's what it means. It means y'all. Thou. Uh, but but you see when they when that there's so many different interpretations of the word of God. I saw the other day there's a new Bible out there. I didn't I didn't look into it. Didn't want to look into it because it made me mad when I saw that. Uh, but it's coming from a church out in California. Uh, but but I, I I thought Lord how many more of these do we have to put up with? You know the the King James version of the Bible is all I need. And and you know. Uh, I got a note the other day on, on our Facebook page, apparently, where somebody disagreed with us being KJV only. And that's okay. We're going to stay KJV only. We're going to stay that way. Because you know what? To me, this was the first interpretation that is as close to the Greek and Hebrew that we'll ever have. Because what people don't understand, and, and I, I, my wife and I, one church we went to, the pastor was really big on KJV. And, and I'm glad he was. Because he, he had a whole message on the KJV and he had people sitting up in the choir loft and they were reading out of different versions and then he'd read out of the King, King James Version and he'd tell you what the difference was and some of the things that they leave out on purpose. They leave out certain things on purpose. Like, 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 like he said, like the word you. If you use the word you, you know, it, it, if you use it wrong, it changes the whole meaning of the entire verse. Because the word you can just mean you specifically, you specifically. But when you see the word you in the Bible, you means you, everybody, everybody, not just one person. Okay? So, so and, and that's not what we're going to talk about tonight. But I, I, I had to hit on that because it's important that we understand we are a King James Version only church. And we're going to stay that way. And if that offends people, they don't have to watch us on Facebook, plain and simple. Nobody's forced him to do that. But anyway, Paul in turn made known this mystery in his writings. And, 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 and the Ephesians, by reading Paul's words, could then have his understanding of this mystery. Because Paul put it down, he penned it down in writing. Because through the power of the Holy Spirit, because we know how the Bible came about. It came about because holy men of old, uh, moved, as they, were, by, as they moved, were moved by the Holy Spirit, God spoke through His Spirit into the hearts of man and they penned this word down. This is God speaking to us. And if you can't understand the King James Version of the Bible, you better check your heart. You better check your heart. Because it's plain. It's clear. When it says, thou shalt not, it means don't do it. If it, means, if it says, thou shalt, that means that's what you do. It's pretty simple. It's not hard to understand the Word of God. And, and anybody says it is, they got something wrong with them. But uh, the, pa- the, the passage tells us several things. How we come to know this mystery. It, it's, it's not through direct revelation, Okay. Uh, it, it's, it's, uh, though Paul may have received it that way, we don't get that, that, that opportunity nowadays to have a direct revelation from God, because our revelation comes from the word of God. That's where it comes from. God gave us everything that we need to know about the mystery of Jesus Christ and about the mystery of his word through the word of God. That's where it's at. All you have to do is pick it up and read it, folks. Just read the word of God. Um. It, it's, it's through reading the Word of God and through reading God's Word on a daily basis. The Word of God is understandable. If you can't understand the Word of a God, ask the Holy Spirit to open your understanding to it. If you come across a verse that you do not understand, study it. Stay on that verse until God gives you the message that he wants to give you from that verse. There's a lot of times when I pick up the word of God, I say, Lord, what are you trying to tell me out of this one verse? Sometimes it's even one little word I may want God to try to explain it to me. God, I need to know what that means. Show me, show me through the power of your Holy Spirit what you're, what you're trying to speak to me individually about. And that's what we need to learn to do: is pick up the Word of God because it can be understood. Some people say that it's that it's not; it's too hard to understand, uh, or that it's uh, it's too hard to be understood because we don't speak that kind of language anymore. But you know what? I have no trouble picking up the Word of God and knowing what it says when I read it. And 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 shame on those who do. I don't need uh, some. Um, excuse my. Thinking. I don't need some lesbian telling me what the Word of God says because in the NIV, believe it or not, there was one on the board when they put that, that, that NIV together. She was a lesbian. They had a lesbian professor involved in that. And I don't need some crazy weirdo out there trying to tell me what God's Word says. All I need is the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. I had a pastor tell me one time, he said, Roy, all you need is a copy of the King James Bible and the Concordance. You got that? You can find anything you want to find out about the Word of God. And you got the Spirit of God living within you, and that's where where the speaking comes from. But clearly, Paul intended for the people to understand his knowledge in the mystery of Christ. The problem some people have is that they misunderstand Paul's use of the term mystery. They they misunderstand that. They don't don't interpret it properly. Uh, And and to think that the Bible is still a mystery, it's not. The Bible is no longer a mystery. That's why why we have it. The Ephesians here, uh, by reading it, could understand that my my things are all messed up it looks like um the mystery revealed uh number four um, this passage tells us several things how we come to know this mystery it is not through direct revelation i'm way I got way ahead of myself again, didn't I what's going on here this thing's all messed up you know what don't pay no attention to that. I'll go by my notes. But anyway, um, the revelation of the mystery, uh, called, it's called a mystery because it was once hid. It was, it was hid from mankind. And it was. It, God kept it from man for many years until after Jesus had ascended into heaven. And, that's, and it's important to appreciate this fact. This mystery is called such, not because it remains a mystery, but because it was a mystery at one time, a long time ago in the past. And, and in verse, verse 9 of chapter 3, it says, "...and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery..." which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. In other words, for years it was hid. From the beginning of time, the mystery of Jesus Christ was hid. Although in the Old Testament, they were looking forward to Christ. They knew that there was going to be a Redeemer. They knew, what was, they, they knew there was salvation coming, but they didn't have the same salvation we had. They looked forward to the cross of Christ. We look back to the cross of Christ. And those who were there at the time, they were part of that. They were present during the time that Jesus was was crucified, and that he had he had to be uh, put to death, and his blood was shed on our part. Even though you may uh, read um, a lot of the Bible and you have trouble understanding it, you still have to refer uh, to some of the things in the Bible, um, not as a mystery, but as a revelation of what God's trying to get us to understand. Because that's what it is. The whole Bible is revealing the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord, that Jesus Christ is King, that Jesus Christ came, that we may have eternal life. And, and Paul was able to be able to share that. Uh, so it's called a mystery because it was once hid. That's why Paul called it a mystery. But it is no longer a mystery. Uh, and, and, and it is now, to us, it is, it, it's, it's not a mystery anymore. It's, it's our salvation. It's who we are in Christ Jesus. Uh, And it goes on, he said, in verse 4, he says, "...whereby, when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ." See, Paul wanted the people of his day in the book of Ephesians, the church of Ephesus, he wanted them to know that his mystery came and he was able to pin that down and they could understand that mystery, "...which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men." It is now revealed unto the holy apostles, he being one, and prophets by the Spirit of God. See, that's where the mystery came That's how the mystery was revealed, was through the Spirit of God to the disciples and to the apostles. And that the Gentiles, and that's the big mystery, that the Gentiles, us, should be fellow heirs and of the same body, and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. And that gospel is what gives us the mystery, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is that good news that we get from, from, from uh, the gospel when it's being preached. He says, Wherefore I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Paul claimed no power for himself. He claimed all the power that he had, and understanding the mysteries of God, he understood that because of the spirit of God that was living within him and that's how he was able to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, and, and, and that in such a case uh, we have to consider some of the things according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret uh, in, in Romans chapter 16 verses 25 through 26 the Bible says now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel that's Paul writing according to my gospel or my good news and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery he called it a mystery also in the book of Romans, which was kept secret since the world began. There again he said it was a secret. It was a mystery from the time the world was created up until the time that that God revealed it to the apostles, but now is made manifest or made known and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. There's no excuse for anybody not to hear the Word of God other than someone who was called did not go. And that's an important step, folks. When God speaks to your heart and He tells you to go to someone, take the gospel to him. If you hold back, then you're not fulfilling what God called you to do. Every one of us has been called to share the gospel with someone. And like I've told you before, if you have to use a gospel track, use the gospel track. But share the gospel. And then in Ephesians 1, 9, he says, having made known unto us the mystery of his will. What's God's will for your life? What's God asking you to do? God has something for everybody to do. And I've said that time and time again. And, and, and we've got to do our part to make sure that that gospel is going out. That mystery is no longer a mystery to the world. The mystery is Jesus Christ. And the fact that he died for all, and the fact that it wasn't just for the nation of Israel, but what he died for was the whole world, everyone. And that's important that we have to understand that. Uh, In Ephesians 3, 5, it says which in other ages was not made known as it has been revealed. In other words, in the past it was not made known at all, but now it's being brought forth and being revealed to them, the apostles and the, and the disciples. And in Colossians 1, 26 and 27, it says, "...even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints." So multiple times, when any time Paul wrote a letter, he talked about the mystery, it seemed like. He wrote it to the, to, the, to the church in Colossus as well. He says, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which, in, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope of glory. I mean, we have hope. And that, that our hope is the glory that we find in the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing can take that away from us. It's ours. It's ours throughout all eternity. So, so we know that this mystery uh, has now been revealed by what exactly uh, is. The, and, and you know, we know what the mystery is. It's Jesus Christ being revealed by His Spirit to us. Uh, so, the revealed mystery. I want to explain that a little bit. It. It involves the Gentiles. So a lot of it was about the Gentiles that before they were outside, now they're inside and we've been adopted into the family of God. Those that we saw in chapter 2 who at one time were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, they were kept outside of Israel. Matter of fact, they called us dogs. We were referred to as dogs and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. We had no hope whatsoever whatsoever. We had no hope until this mystery was made live through the, through the apostles of Jesus Christ. And the mystery now revealed is that, them, th- that these, the Gentiles, we uh, can now become fellow heirs of the same body, partakers of God's promises in Christ. Those same promises that that God made in the Old Testament, they're ours, folks. We need to hold on to those promises. They belong as much to us as they do them because anytime someone's adopted into a family, they become part of that family just as if they were born in that family. And when they're born in that family, they become fellow heirs with those brothers and sisters that were already in that family. So as, as apostles... And this is what the Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians 2, verses 11 through 12, in which which he also refers to again. See, Paul kept repeating himself because he wanted people to understand that this mystery is no longer a mystery, that God gave him the ability to understand it and to write it down, to pin it down on on paper for for the, the churches to understand that Gentiles, who for ages were not included in God's special dealings with Israel, could now become part of God's spiritual family. We're as part of the spiritual family of God uh, and, and, and heirs to the wonderful blessings that God makes available through Jesus Christ. That salvation that we have in Jesus Christ is probably, the it's, it's got to be the best gift. It is the best gift ever given to mankind is, is the salvation that we find in Him. And, and as the apostles and the Gentiles, Paul's task was that, he says in Ephesians 3, verse 7 and 8, he says, "...that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ." The unsearchable riches of Christ. Think about that. You can can go through it for a lifetime and find something fresh and new in it all the time, constantly, all the time. It should be fresh to us. Every day when we pick up the Word of God, it should be fresh. It should be something new every day to us and should bring life into our bodies and into our spirits. He says that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches. And and, and this Paul did. That's exactly what he did. Even in his letters like this one to the Ephesians and and as we we saw it in Ephesians uh, chapter 1 back in verses 3 through 14 to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. We have a responsibility in today's world to make that mystery known to everybody we come in contact with. They need to see Jesus christ in our lives they need to see him uh, in everything that we do and so so many so many things have happened down through the years i was doing some reading before church uh, on some things and and how that uh the uh, several years ago the fundamental ranks of christianity uh in the baptist movement there was some sin that had crept into a lot of churches and uh and, and a lot of it was was just gross immorality from some big-name pastors who had sin in their lives. And that sin crept into the church. You know, the church we were a part of uh, in Belprie, Ohio, several years ago, that split when we were in, in the Philippines. That was some of the stuff that came into the church. And, you know, that's what scares me about a large church. Because the more people is in a church, the more sin creeps in. The larger the church, the harder it is for the people that are in charge to see what's going on in the church. But that church that we were a part of, that um, split down the middle when we were. It did more than split down the middle. Uh, three quarters of the church left. But uh, one of the things that, that 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 caused that there was two things that came up in the church that the pastor was not aware of because there were so many people in the church. Was there was an affair going on between a man and a woman. What the woman he was he was having an affair with came to the church, but she was she was a, she was a divorced lady. Uh, but she was a single lady, but she came to the church and the other guy was married. And I always wondered why this guy's wife never smiled. She knew about the affair, but she wouldn't say anything. Because she was afraid of what it would do to the church. But it finally came out and it split the church. Folks, when there's sin in the church, when the devil's in the church, the church isn't going to, it's not going to, it's not going to be of any effect for God. And, and, and so we need to search our hearts every day individually. And, and, and we can't put our faith and trust in men you know, I don't, have any, I don't have any men that are heroes in my life. Jesus Christ is the only hero that I want, folks. I don't want anybody outside of him because man will fail us. And if you go back and you look at some of these people back in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, these great men of God who held big responsibilities in large churches. I read about one today that had an affair with the secretary, with his secretary. Broke up a family. And later on they went through a big divorce and, and, and this pastor, he actually put her up in a $150,000 uh, complex after the divorce. He paid for the divorce! What's wrong with people? What's wrong with people? I, mean, I, I don't understand uh, why these pastors don't guard themselves better than they do. You know, I, 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 it's hard for me to understand when God gives them the opportunity to, to, to work for Him. When God's your boss, folks, there is so much there, and a it, sad part, of it, it was in the fundamental rights of Christianity. It scares me to death, sometimes. And, and I, I knew a little, a lot about, I knew a little bit about it, but I read a lot more about it today, because it, it, it burdens my heart when I think that there could be sin in a church that God's, God wants to bless. Not that there is, folks, but I'm just telling you, guard yourselves. Guard yourself. Guard yourself from sin. You have to. Because how can you make the mystery that God has given us known to a world when they can go back in, in time and they can look at what, what some of these churches did and what some of these priesters did from the past and how they drug the name of Christ through the mud? It scares me to death. That's why I, I, try, I try my very best not to say, Well, uh, I follow this pastor or that pastor. I'm not going to follow any pastor, folks. I'm going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and if I'm not following Jesus Christ, do not follow me. Don't even listen to me. If I stand up here and I tell you something that is contrary to the Word of God, don't listen to me. As a matter of fact, you should show me the door. Plain and simple. Because if I'm not preaching the truth of the Word of God, if I'm not being instant in season, out of season, being able to reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering, then I'm not doing what God called me to do. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. And I can't, and I can't sugarcoat it. And I heard a pastor here a while back. He's preaching in the church. He's now pastoring in the church where there was sexual immorality in that church before he took it over. And as a result, the pastor that was there before, it came out after he left. And a lot of this stuff is coming out now that happened years ago where pastors of churches, unfortunately, And their filthy minds because they were not doing what God called them to do, which is to preach the Word of God. Rather, they couldn't keep their eyes in the Word of God. They kept them on the women in the church. That's a bunch of garbage, folks. I'm telling you, I'm here to tell you tonight that if we cannot preach the mystery of Jesus Christ that is now no longer a mystery, and we can't do it with a clean heart, then we don't do it. We don't do it. It disgusts me when I think of what goes on in some churches out there, independent fundamental Baptist churches, independent fundamental Baptist churches. Don't think for one minute that anybody's above sin because none of us are. If we don't keep ourselves, if we don't keep ourselves in, in, within the word of God and on our knees, praying for one another, like I said this morning, y'all need to be honking for one another, plain and simple. And that's a serious thing. It really is to lift one another up every single day. Because our, our church is no different than any other out there other than the fact that I feel like God is he's in the presence of us when we gather together, and we need to keep it that way. And when sin rears its ugly head, folks, we need to, we need to nip it and say, enough's enough. Stop it. It needs to be addressed. It's got to be taken care of. But, but, but Paul goes on here. He says, This wisdom of God is being made known, how? By the church. It's the church that makes known the wisdom of God. In, in Ephesians 3, uh, verses 10 through 12, he says, To the intent that now unto the principalities and the powers in heavenly places might be made known to the church the manifold wisdom of God. And our responsibility is to preach that manifold wisdom of God to God's people and, 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 and to make sure that we disciple people. And when, they, when they're discipled, they, we got to make sure that they're grounded so deep into the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ that they're not going to do anything to defile themselves as the temple of God we got to keep ourselves pure, folks. Keep yourself pure. Watch what you watch. Watch what you read. Watch what you look into. He says, according to the eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Here Paul expands the thoughts that this wisdom of God is being made known by the church. And there's so many churches out there that there's so much sin intermingled in the church. And it's brushed under the rug. It's hid. And nobody wants to know about it. Well, I'm going to tell you this right now. If sin comes up in this church, it ain't going to be put under no rug. It's not going to be put under no rug. We're going to go back to Matthew and the book of Matthew where Jesus gave the proper discipline that should be taking place in churches. We'll meet with the people if there's sin in the church, and we'll deal with it. It'll, do, it'll be me and one of, the, one of the pastors probably or one of the deacons, and then we'll move on from there. We'll try, we'll try to rectify the situation and get things back on track. But if it's some gross immoral sin, folks, I won't tolerate it. God, God will not tolerate it. He cannot tolerate it, plain and simple. But this wisdom God is being made known by the church. Paul, of course, was doing his part, and, and, and he was making it known to the whole church. And he says, but the whole church, as, a, the, pil- as the pillar, in, in Titus chapter 3, verse 15, he says, the pillar and ground of the truth. That's what our church has got to be grounded on, The truth it's got to be the truth, is involved in proclaiming God's wisdom to to a world that is lost and dying. It's no wonder people look at churches sometimes and they say, you know what, I don't want nothing to do with that. I don't want to go to church no more. Because when when, when preachers and when, when, this, when uh, um, even deacons sometimes get involved in sin or they're not living up to their responsibility as deacons or pastors and they're not doing what God has called them to do because they can't keep their eyes in their sockets. It's the church does this. I mean, it, it, the way we, we, we make known this mystery and being able to preach the wisdom of God, there's only one way, and that's through the Word of God behind the pulpit in the classrooms when, when Joe jo and, and Ron are over, and over there, when Sister Darlene is over there and, and, and these others are working with these kids. Folks, let's get them while they're young. Let's get them while they're young and let's teach them the truths of the Word of God. Let's teach them about that mystery that is no longer a mystery. It's the Word of God. It's the fact that anybody can be saved that they just put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And that they just, they just trust in Him and turn from their sin. Folks, we got to tell people that when, sin is in, when a person gets saved, they got to turn from that sin as well. That's, that's part of what we share with them when we talk to them. It, it's, the wisdom of God is being made known to principalities and powers. You know, even the angels, even the angels desire to look into what God's given us, that mystery. They didn't even know what that mystery was until God gave it to the apostles. And now they want to look into it. They don't understand salvation because they don't have that part in their life. They're, create, they're just a created being, they're like, they're like a robot. But some of them, they desire to know and understand a lot about what God has given us. A lot about what God's given us. They don't understand it. As it says, "It says angels desire to look into." And, and, uh, and, and over in First Peter chapter one, verses ten and twelve, it says, "Oh, with salvation of of which salvation the prophet prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who pro, who prof, prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ, which was in them." Did signify when it testified beforehand the suffering of Christ and the glory that should follow. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. Listen to this. Which things the angels desire to look into. They have a desire to look into what God has given us. They don't have the promises that we have. They can't receive the blessings that we have. And uh, let's let's make sure we understand this. When a child dies, when a human being dies, they don't grow wings in a halo, folks. They don't turn into angels. Angels are created beings. So many times I've been to funerals where a a, a child had died. And what do you get? (laughs) Heaven got another angel. They did not! They didn't get an angel. They got, they got a child of God. If that, per, if that child was before the age of accountability, that child was born. When it died, it went directly into heaven. If they weren't given the truth of the Word of God, and, and they weren't at the age where they could understand it. And it's important that we understand that as well. But by the wisdom of God, the church is, be, is supposed to be able to teach and preach the eternal promises of God's Word. And that's what we've got to learn to do folks so let's let's check our let's check ourselves let's check our hearts make sure that they're where they're supposed to be don't follow man follow the Lord Jesus Christ we're not here to follow man we're not here to put no man on a pedestal we don't, and, and and a lot of times you won't you won't hear me say a lot of time, well this pastor said that and I won't say their name but I'll hear a lot of good things from a lot of preachers but I'm not going to give them the glory for it because that's not what I'm here for I'm here to know him and to make him known If it's not Christ-centered, then I don't want no part of it. And we shouldn't as a church either. It's got to be Christ-centered, folks. It's got to be Christ-centered. So let's check our hearts. Let's make sure that we're sharing that mystery that is no longer a mystery. But Paul called it a mystery because at one time it was from the foundation of the world. But that mystery is something that the angels want to look into. They desire to know about it. But you know what? They don't get it. (laughs) They don't get it. We do. We do because it's something God gave us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your holy word again and thank you for speaking to our hearts. And Lord, the devil tries to destroy things. He really does. Even though he's not omnipotent, omnipresent or anything like that, Father. He's not almighty, but you are. He has demons. He has those who are his minions, so to speak. Father, that you'd bind them up and keep them far from us. When we gather, Father, to proclaim the word of God, Lord, we ask that you would just continue to open our understanding individually, Lord, as we study the Word of God, that we may all grow in the grace and the knowledge of Christ and be drawn closer to the One who gave His life for all of us. And I ask this in Christ's name and for His sake. Amen.